Okay, we are learning this list before Shlema Facebook. Aaron and Miriam. We are up to uh, the two dots on Samach Gimel and Aleph. Six lines down. So once the Mishnah had, had spoken about the, the Beit HaMikdash and the unique laws of, of sanctity that the Temple Mount have, so the Mishnah continued with the law, that usually brachos outside of the Beit HaMikdash we answer Amen. But inside of the Beit HaMikdash, we don't do that. There's a special brach um, that is answered at the end of a bracha. So the Gemara says, Kolkach Lama, what is exactly the source for this? Why is this true? <coughs> we don't answer the Amin thing in the base of Mikdash. What is the source? Now, how do we know that there's a different uh, response to a bracha inside of the base of Mikdash? Because it says in the Pasuk, Kumu, get up, bless Hashem your God, so it seems like in that, in that context we're talking about in the Beis Hamikdash. So we see like get up and bless Hashem is something is is, is something special in that pasuk, and then the pasuk there itself continues to say, they should bless your shame kvodecha. So that's how we say in kvod machusa. In other words, it doesn't just say get up and bless Hashem. It's saying you get up and bless Hashem. shame kvodecha. They should be saying the name of your the glory of your of your name. So that's baruch shame kvod machuso. And the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is elevated, is uplifted uh, on top of every bracha and praise. So, that's the source for saying Baruch Shem Kvon inside of the base of Mekdash. So now, it continues with another question. Perhaps a person, after there's many brachos, can just recite Baruch Shem Kvon Vod one time. And that, so to speak, counts for all the, as a response for all the brachas that were made. How do we know that each bracha warrants an individual bracha from Machut Salavai? So, Tamil Loma, the Pasik says, Umaromam, Akavat Baruch, who is elevated, Al Kol Brachotila, on each blessing and praise. So, we mandaik that the Lashon Al Kol is coming to say, Al Kol Brachotila, Tain Lotihila. So, you have to specify each specific one actually has the law that, that you say, and that's the source that now. Um, there's no regular just amens, but the special one is recited after each and every bracha. All right. Then the Mishnah moved on. It was really a tangent, but the Mishnah moved on. We're talking about Hashem's name to say that there was another takana that was made, Shehe Adam Shoel B'Shalom Chavero B'Shem, which was that instead of just saying greeting people regularly, people actually use, use Hashem's name when they were greeting their friends. And the Gemara derived that from, from Boaz, who greeted his men with Hashem's name. So the Gemara says, Maiva Omer. But then... The, the Mishnah brought another source. It brought a source from the Malach greeting Gidon. And the Malach greeted Gidon and Sefer Shoftim. He greeted him with Hashem's name. So the Gemara says, why do I need a second source? In other words, usually one source suffices. So why do I need a follow-up source from the Malach and Gidon? Because, you know, you could see that Boaz did something. But who says it was, it was the right thing to do? Meaning the Gemara is challenging that maybe Boaz had done something according to his own way of thinking. wasn't necessarily accepted. So we're going to assume... You know, that, 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 that if a Malach did it, that's, you know, obviously something higher. Why? But then we have another problem. Maybe it's just the Malach saying it to Gidon. So what does that mean? It's just the Malach saying it to Gidon. So, 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 so Rashi explains that it means that he's not really greeting him. The Malach is coming to say, I am from Hashem, and therefore X, Y, and Z, you should listen to what I say. It's not a greeting. Maybe if in general, when a person greets somebody else, maybe it would be saying God's name in vain to use his name in the greeting. But then maybe there, the Malach was just coming as like as a preface and saying, here I am in the name of God, this is what you should do. So Tashima, now we, 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 we go back to Boaz, 
and we quote a pasuk from Mishnah where the Mishnah, where the, the, this is all what the Mishnah did, where the pasuk says, "Al tavos do not like uh, literally like don't degrade the the, the customs that, you get, that come from, from from tradition because you're, you're literally your mother is old. So it's a way of saying we preserve tradition and and, and don't ridicule. And if there was it seems to be a practice which was established in the family, keep it. So I think what the Gemara is saying is you go back to Boaz. And we say that if Boaz did it, it's right. I, we weren't 100%, but that's exactly why we still have a source because of the fact that we value the, the tradition. And finally, we have one more positive that we look at. Interesting concept that the positive says there's a time to do for Hashem, actually nullify the Torah. So that means in our concept, when there's, when there's a greater, so to speak, a greater will of Hashem, uh, like something like this, of having, of having greater shalom between people, and even though it seems to be a desecration of Hashem's name, because you're using His name in vain, no. You actually, if there are certain times to do, in order to do the greater will of Hashem, you actually have to nullify the Torah. So we nullify the Torah in that sense that we're saying Hashem's name in vain, because it's being done in the, in the, in the greater objective of bringing people, uh, bringing people closer. This, we mentioned this is such a theme of expounding Psukim that sometimes Psukim can be read backwards as well. So it has a literal shot of frontwards to backwards, but it also has a backwards way of reading it. So there's like two phrases in the in the Pasuk, and you can you can do it that way also here. You can just read it from beginning to end. It's a time that Hashem should do. What is the reason that it's a reason that it's a time for Hashem to do? Because they have nullified your Torah. So meaning we're saying basically it's a call to Hashem to bring to bring about punishment on the on the wicked. We're saying it's a time for Hashem to do. Why is that? Because people have nullified the Torah. That is not the way that we were just expounding it. If you re- we were expounding it, reading it backwards to forwards, which is the next line in the Gemara, but you can read it from the end to the beginning. Midrash, it can be expounded. There's a time to actually nullify the Torah and to do what is incor- seemingly incorrect. My time, what is the reason? Because it is being done with the objective and the greater, the greater good of being doing it for Hashem. So we were expounding it in the latter way, in the second way. And that's why we were saying that it was worth it to say Hashem's name when you're greeting somebody, even though it doesn't seem like that would, that would be the right thing, it, would be, it might be a violation of but we do it because we do it because it's being done in the greater good of bringing people uh, closer together. And obviously, goes without saying, that's a very difficult thing, how you, how you apply it and this and that. And that's really why we're really going back on our truth source, which is Boaz, and the fact that we're relying on the value, the value of tradition uh, to use Hashem's to use Hashem's name, as we mentioned, we usually our practice isn't necessarily to uh, to say Hashem's name mamish today, but we still say uh, shalom. That's where the shalom comes from, which is one of the names of Hashem, which is kind of a compromise of keeping the tradition without doing it in such a controversial way. But, uh, but the Mishnah meant that you actually, if you look at the sources, actually saying Hashem's name. Okay, so now we move on. It's really a tangent, a complete tangent, but we'll 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 see why it comes in. The Gemara says, Tanya Hill Hazakin Omer. Hill Hazakin says, At the time that everybody else is, is, is bringing in, then you should scatter. So is it, Hill is speaking metaphorically, and he's speaking about generations and, and the way that a person should relate to whether or not they should 
learn Torah more as an individual and privately, whether they should be teaching more. So Hillel is saying, well, if everybody else is, is bringing in their grain, then you should be scattering your grain. So it's, not, it's, a, it's a generation where there's not that many teachers, there's not that much authority, there's not that many rabbinic figures. So then that's an indication to you that that's, that's, your, that, that's what needs to be done and you should go scatter the grain. But the opposite, if let's say there's a generation where there's a lot of authority and there's a lot of leaders, and there's too many rabbis, then the opposite. It's possible that a person can gain by dafka not spreading Torah and dafka bringing it, um, bringing it inside and increasing his personal knowledge. Continues the Torah. But let's say you see a generation that just loves Torah. Meaning it's almost like, yeah, there's a lot of rabbinic figures, but the, the, the generation can, can not get enough of it. So then, Pazer, even in that situation, you should spread it. So that's, uh, that, that's, that's a greater level where you spread, even though there's other things. And let's say a person lives in a generation where people aren't respecting the leaders. So in other words, whatever is really being taught, people are, aren't really appreciating. They're just being cynical or whatnot. So then actually, then the, 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 the objective is just to bring it in and don't teach at all. So now we see why it's being brought in. It's saying, a way of saying, even though it is meant right, to, 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 to be scattered and to be taught, but in that situation, a fearless or secha, do not go and spread the Torah. Rather, just be kone sit l'shem shemaim, bring it in uh, for the sake of heaven. Says the Gemara Darish, zalas kapotz Let's say no one is going to buy something. They see very cheap, you know, the, the market is very cheap on a specific thing. Dafka, that's the thing to buy because eventually it will go up. So again, Barakafar is not just saying some economics, Barakafar is speaking in terms of Torah. So, so in, in Brisk, Brisk Rav used to quote this Gemara, used to explain why they used to, people used to say, how come you only learn the laws of Kachin? So he explained this Gemara. He said, because Zilas The idea is that when, when there's one piece of Torah which is, which is ignored and people don't seem to value it and you don't hear that many Shiurim on it and it doesn't seem to be so respected, if you know it, that's how Dafka you know it's a very important piece of Torah and that is very specifically uh, important to learn it and eventually the price will go up and, and, and you'll be saving that Torah. The Asar delays Gavar in a land where there is not a man. Taman Gavar. In that place, you should be a man. So that's basically reiterating the same point. You have to see what, what the world needs. What's the form of the Torah that the people need? Amar Abai We can infer from that statement. The Asar is Gavar Taman Gavar. We can infer. We can infer the inverse that if there is a place where there already is a man, then you shouldn't be a man there. Meaning, don't walk on somebody else's turf. If there's already a rabbinic authority in a place, place then don't come along and start uh, issuing halachic rulings which may encroach on the person's territory. So the, very good, very good, very good. And, and, and the, the, it, it says really both in Pirkei Avos, which is, the Akronim actually struggle with. Because this is just a statement of Abai. So the Gemara asks, Pshita, oh, it's obvious, what's, what's the novelty not to come and rule, rule things that in somebody else's territory? So the Gemara says, The novelty was, the person's not greater than you. And, you know, you walk into a place and, 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 you, and, and the second rabbi is just as big as the first rabbi. So then in that situation, maybe it's not wrong. Kamash Mullah, no, they, 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 that it's still, it's still considered wrong. Says the Gemara, what is just like one simple idea of Torah that everything comes from? In other words, what's a, what's a theme? Give me a theme for it all. As we look at anything, we look at a passage from Mishlei, just a general idea of connecting to Hashem. It says, In all of your ways you should know Hashem, and He will straighten out your paths. So that idea of is a general theme for all of the Torah. Even sometimes it's Ravir. 
So this I think we're bringing in because you know we, we mentioned So that's the theme. The theme is that Hakadosh Baruch religion is so all encompassing that there are times a very difficult idea, but taken with a grain of salt. But sometimes a person even to commit a, a sin can be committing a sin in bechol drachacha and trying to connect to Hakadosh Baruch a person should always teach his son, right? There's an obligation the Mishnah Kedushin says to teach his son a, a trade, a craft, a business. But what type of thing? You can pick so many things. So teach him something light and easy. Mahi, what's an example? The rows of the, the stitching. So this is, they used to have, like Rashi explains, just like some sewing work that, uh, in, in the clothing and some jackets. That's an example of something light and easy. Says the Gemara, Tanya Rebbe Yomer. A person should have too, too many friends in his house. Don't make a party with too many people. Eventually, too many people will just cause you to get in a fight. So, better not to have too many people. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that exactly correctly, but a person shouldn't have someone who is in his house who's in, who's in control of everything. It's kind of like a person, he's, he's a servant, but he's given so much power that he, he runs everything. Why, why, where do we see that? If not for the fact that Potiphar appointed Yosef as the, as, as the authority in his house, he wouldn't have had the problem with Aishas Potiphar. So the whole problem with Aishas Potiphar is that the servant gets too comfortable and the master and the lines and they're getting blurred. So it's better not to have such a thing in one's house. Continues the Gemara, another t- teaching from Rebbe. Tanya, Rebbe Yomer. Lama nismacha parshas nazir la parsha sota. If you look in, in parshas uh, nasa, you'll see two topics that are next to each other: the parsha of sota and then the parsha of nazir. So the sota who gets right, she gets tested for adultery, and then right afterwards is the parsha of nazir. So why does it go like that? Why is that the order? Anyone who sees, who experiences the the nazir, the uh, the, the sota be, in, in her degradation, like in other words, he he sees that she is being publicly shamed and humiliated because she's being suspected, he should bring the lesson home. Don't just see it. Don't just experience it. Take it home. Take it home means you see the ill effects of wine. As the Mishnah Soto elaborates, we assume that all of uh, immorality somehow is rooted in too much wine. So a person sees that and they therefore say, well, let me bring that lesson home and they, uh, they, they stay away from wine. Says the Gemara, Amar that's on one end, Sota is next to Nazir. But on the other end, Sota is next to Trumos and Maisros. Um, so so, so by, the, by the way, I'm just saying, as I'm saying, I think it's really Nazir and then Sota, right? In the Torah, that's the order. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 I guess it's interesting, the Gemara, the Gemara is saying it that way, right? It says, why is Sota next to Nazir? Because anyone who sees the Sota should become a Nazir. So you, right? I feel like that might be tasting. I'm going to look it up. That's a very familiar question. Okay. Uh, so the Gemara says that why is Sota next to Trimus and Maestros? In the other order, right, before Sota, it has the parish of Trimus and Maestros. There it talks about the concept of, uh, of Tovas Hainal, how you have to give all the gifts to the Kohen, and when you give it, you have the right to choose which Kohen you want to give it to. So what does it have to do with Sota? So every rabbi loves this next Gemara. Look at the Gemara. The Gemara says, Lomalacha. When a person has trimus or maestros, hey, he doesn't respect us to give it to the Kohen. He says, let me keep it for myself. What's the difference? In the end, he's going to need the Kohen. And why is that going to be? Because he's going to have to bring his wife. It's a tremendous curse. He's going to have to bring his wife as a suffix sota in front of the Kohen and need the Kohen. Will be a person of low yeah, you're supposed to give the the coin is off. It says right now afterwards, when a woman's wife, when a man's wife becomes a sort of that he has to bring his wife to the coin. So, um, so I think, I think, 
forget who said it, but there's a beautiful, a beautiful word over here. That what, 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 what do you mean? Like, what do you have? Why do you see specifically the Indian of giving the coin trimus and maestros? Like, that's if you don't do that, oh, you're gonna be punished. You're gonna have to need the coin. It's like ironic. Then you're gonna need the coin when you bring a sota. So the idea is, is that Hashem gave every person when he's giving the gifts to the coin. Hashem gave him a tovas anah. Tovas anah means he has the right to decide which coin. You don't have to just you know give it away to a coin. You could actually it's your gift to give to a specific coin, and you can pick and choose which one you want. It's yours, and you can even make money off of it. So what the Torah is telling you more than anything else is that it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get a connection to a coin. Because a coin is, in those days, the coin of the great Tamil Chachamim were dedicated to Torah, and basically the rabbinic figures of the community. So the Torah is saying, don't just, you know, it's not just automatically theirs, it's for you to have a proactive sense that you can go carve a connection with any person you want. You find the coin that's right for you, and then you go, that's yours. So it's saying that if you don't appreciate that value, and you don't have the Torah, no, you don't recognize the opportunity of finding a coin, you just mafresh the trim up, but you don't go out and give it to a coin, well, you, something in life eventually will teach you that you're going to need a coin in your life. And, and praiseworthy is the person who's already had the coin before the tragedy occurred. That's the more or less the value of the Gemara. It's Sota the Nazir. It's Sota the Nazir, right? Oh, it's Sota the Nazir, which is good. I'm sorry. It is Sota the Nazir. Okay. Very good. Go ahead. Not only that, you're going to need the poor gifts to the poor, which is a sign that some of the gifts to the poor are, are not with the coin, but for the poor. So you're going to need handouts. So that's another lesson. You're going to need the handouts. So we're dashing lo as if it's saying to him himself that a man who's taking a tithe, eventually he will need the very tithings himself. But what's the reward if you do give it? So he becomes rich. So now we're expounding something differently. Mamsha opposite. That if you give it to the coin, it will be to him, which will mean all of the things that he's giving, like all these extra assets will come to him. It's a way of saying that he will become rich. So if that's the bracha that is fulfilled by giving truma properly. Says the Gemara Marfuna Bar Brachya Mishimab Lazar Akafar, call him a shatif shame shamayim bitsaro. Anyone who's Mashatif the name of heaven into his pain. Meaning, how do you deal with strat with the distress that you're going through? You bring Hashem into the pain. Meaning you dive and you, you associate it with Akalish Baraku Koflan Parnasoso. They double, they increase his parnasa. Shinamar. It says in the Pasuk, and Hashem will be in your tzara, so it will be an increase of money. It will be flying like a bird. It's a flying, flying through the air as if well, the Parnas will come flying to him like a bird flies. Says the Gemara, anyone who weakens himself in the learning Torah, he will not have the strength to withstand a Yom Tzara, a time of stress. In order to do that, you have to have the Schusim of Divrei Torah. As it says in the Pasuk in Mishle, his Rapisa Biyom Tzara, you have weakened on the day of Tzara. Tzar Kocha. So your 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 strength has has become narrow. It does not that much. It says the Gemara Amar of Ami Bar Masar Mashmoa Filu Mitzvah Achas. Even just one mitzvah, Shenam Mitzvah Pisu Mikomakom. That's a very scary thing. Even if a person has a lot of Torah, but in one mitzvah they're they're lax. It could theoretically um, they might not be able to have the strength through the tzara. The strength through the tzara is feeling very connected to Torah and mitzvahs. Says the Gemara Amar of Safar Avavav Mishdoi. This is a whole long story here. We'll see why this comes in. Rav was once relating. There was someone, Rav Chanina, and Rav Yeshua, who went to Galas, meaning he left Eretz Israel and he went to, a, to another land. And what, he, what was he doing? And uh, uh, he was be, making the calculations of the months and the years in Chutzlars. Now, that's not really something that's usually ideally done. Ideally, we say that the Sanhedrin is really supposed to function only in. 
Eretz Yisrael, because the Pasuk says, L'shichno Sidrashu Uvasa Shama. L'shichno Sidrashu, the Gemara in Sanhedrin expounds, is that you have to go seek out the Shechina, and that's specific to Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim. So really, the Sanhedrin who makes, who declares the extra months and declares the leap years, and, and when Rosh Kodesh is, it really is only supposed to be ideally in Eretz Yisrael. But this person, Rav Hanino, was doing it even in Chutz Laaretz. So what was the response? So Shagru Akhav, the Sanhedrin, sent after him, Shnei Tamidah Chacham, two Tamidah Chacham to Rav Hanino. Rabbi Yossi ben Kiper, Rabbi Yossi ben Kiper, Uven ben Oshah ben, ben Kuvutal, and the, the grandson of Zachar ben Kuvutal. So they come, they come outside, they leave Eretz Yisrael, and they go to Rabbi Hanina to, to try to make an effect. And the, the mission that they're on is to get him to stop. So Kiper and Shiraz, as soon as Rabbi Hanina saw them, Amr says to them, Lama Basim, why are you here? He's all a little bit suspicious. So Amr they say to him, they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get on his good side and not, you know, reveal the true, their, true, um, their, true, their true plans. So they say, Lumo Torah We've come to learn Torah from you, Rabbi Hanina. So Echrizu Aleim, he announced on them, Anashim Alalu, these men who have come, Gedolei Hadarim. They are the Gedolei Hadar of Abbasayim, and their grandfathers, their ancestors. Shimshu Beves HaMikdash. They were once in the base of Mikdash. Kaosas Shishnin, we learn. It's a Mishnah in Yuma, Zachari ben Kavot, Omar, Abba Makarisla, Fanabi Sefi Daniel. The context of that Mishnah is that they have to keep the Kohen Gadol up the entire night of Yom Kippur. Kohen Gadol is not allowed to sleep. And in order, how do they keep him up? So, so, so this person, Zechariah ben Kuvotel, says, there was many times I was there, I used to read the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel has particularly interesting stories. So I would read him the book of Daniel to make sure that he would stay awake. So this was his grandson, Zechariah ben Kuvotel's grandson. So you see how much respect he's giving them. But then, as soon as he starts the shir, they start just contradicting everything he's saying. If he says it's Tameh, they try to bring a proof that it's Tar. Who owes her him matir? They ask her, they try to be matir. So they, they start being very annoying to him in the middle of the shir. So Hechwaz Aleimah, he starts announcing upon them. These men shall shove him, shall tow him. That's a very strong double language. I don't know the double language, but he's saying, even though I praise these guys, actually, these guys are worthless. So, you've already built. You can't destroy. You've already given us respect. You can't just disrespect us now that in the Shia we're not, we don't like what you're saying. You've already built a fence. You're unable to make a breach. So, Amalahan. What's going on? Why are you just contradicting whatever I'm saying? We're upset because you are doing the wrong thing. You are making the calculations of the months and, and the years, the work of the Sanhedrin, and you're doing that work outside of Eretz Yisrael. But hello, Akiva ben Yosef, the great Tana Akiva ben Yosef, Rabbi Akiva. He did an adult. The Mishnah Yavamas, the Mishnah Yavamas says that Rabbi Akiva one time left Eretz Yisrael and he was in Adar and he was doing it there. So Amalo, Hanak Rabbi Akiva, leave alone that example, meaning don't bring that as precedent. Shaliniach Mosav Eretz Yisrael, because Rabbi Akiva, there was no one left like him in Eretz Yisrael. He was clearly the greatest person. So that's the rule. If there's no one that's like you and you're outside of Eretz Yisrael, then you have the ability and authority to do it. But if there's someone who's at least equal to you in Eretz Yisrael, then it shouldn't, the Sanhedrin shouldn't be fun, should do it and not the person outside. So Amalo, so he said to them, Rabbi said back, Afanilo, Nath Mosav Eretz Yisrael. He says back, yeah, I'm the greatest person. I'm just like Rabbi Akiva. And below they said to Gedim Shanachtu, Shanachtu, those little, those little, you know, Gedim is like a little kid, those little baby goats that you have left. Nasu Tiyash, and they become, they've grown up, they became strong. They've got these big horns these days. They have sent us to go declare this message to you. And this is what they said to us. Go tell him, in our name, if he listens to us, it's good. Fine, he will stop. Everything will be okay. If he doesn't, we will excommunicate him. And furthermore, they have a very harsh message. 
for the common people out in uh, Galas, if they don't want to listen. Mimshom, if they listen, Motav, everything is good. But if they don't listen, Yalalahar, then it's, they, should, they should just go up on a mountain. Akio Yivnem is Beach. was evidently like a, one of those Rage Galusa people, like a big political figure uh, in Gullah. So in other words, he should go up there, and if they really declare their true colors, show their true colors, he'll build their own, their own Mizbeach, Hanania Nagin Bikinar, and they'll have this Hanina person who is the, the person that they're trying to get stopped. Uh, he, he'll go blow the, you know, play the Kinar, he'll be like the new Levi in this. In this new temple, and they should all try to, you know, do some service and come and deny everything and say we don't have a portion in the God of Israel. And this is a very strong message. He's basically accusing them of, of leaving the religion. He's saying if you're going to go ahead and not listen to us and to keep continue with this idea of calculating the months and years outside of Israel, you may as well go up on a mountain, make your own altar, have your own coin, have your own service, and declare that you have nothing to do with Judaism. So Miyad immediately with that message, go, all the people in Gola started crying. Heaven forbid, of course we're connected. So now the Gemara says, why this extreme message? Like, why was this so strong that, 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 that the Torah had to dafka be from Eretz Israel? Because it says in the Pasuk, It's from Zion that Torah is meant to emanate, and the word of Hashem comes from Yerushalayim. So the Chorinim explained that the Lashem Kimit Zion, Zion a lot of times is associated in Echa as the land of Israel once the, once the base of Mekdash has been destroyed. So the lesson was, yes, the original Pasuk, L'Shich Nosujutru Vasashama, is only when the base of Mekdash is there. But there's another din, Kimitzion Tetzesara, that even in the Horbud, we can learn it. So it's like kind of like there were two dinim. There's a dinim that in the, when the base of Mekdash functions, then the Sanhedrin is the place where they do it. But even when the base of Mekdash is not there, and it doesn't seem that the Sanhedrin is the place to be, but you still have another din of Kimitzion Tetzesara, that the Torah rulings come from Sion. So now the Gemara analyzes what they did. Bishlama, Humatav, Humatav, Behematamin. When he said something was tar, so they declared it to be Tamin. So look, okay, they can be stringent. How could it be that when he was Tamin, they were Matar? It's very interesting. Law, there's obviously a lot of, you know, a lot of exceptions and different things to know to keep in mind when, when, when this applies. But there's a general law that if one Chacham answered, a second Chacham is not allowed to be Matar. He doesn't have the Koach of the Psach to overrule what one other Chacham already said. So how in the Shia were they able to be Matar what he already answered? So the Gemara says, Ki hechi, kasavi, ki hechi lo They were trying. It was so important to them. They were just trying to show the people that this Reb Hanino person wasn't so great. That was the point of it all. So that's why it was like kind of like again maybe this is why we're learning about it. It was a stickle islas osashem efiras arusach. Normally, a rav is not allowed to do that. Just overrule psak and, and, and rule leniently after another rav already said stringently. But here there was a special time where they were trying to make sure that people wouldn't follow Rav Hanina and that the people would accept the message. Says the Gemara. So when the rabbis entered into Karim biyavda. So this is at the time. After post, right after the second base of was destroyed, so they start the yeshiva in Yavne. Hayyashem Reb Yehuda, Reb Yosi, Reb Nechemel, Reb Lazarus, Reb Yosi Aglilu. Pasku Kula Machvar So everyone was giving speeches, and at this day of inauguration for Karen Biavne, for the yeshiva there, and everybody was speak, thinking the hosts because there were people, the inhabitants, the local people of Yavne who took in so many new Torah scholars as as, as guests. So everybody was thinking the Achsanim. Pasach Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda started Rosh HaMedabirin B'chumakam. Rabbi Yehuda is always the one who goes first. So the Gemara in Shabbat, Mishnah in Shabbat, the Gemara in Shabbat seems to say it's because he was politically aligned with Rome. So it was like a good, a good person to go first. But, but, but the Hasidim always said, 
that, that, that the reason why Rabbi Yudah goes first, it always says, Rabbi Yudah was very good. He mastered the art of speaking shortly. You know, the joke says, Rabbi Yudah says, we say, you know, he is the person that we want speaking first. So it says, he darshan as follows. He says, enough with the host, let's start speaking about the Torah scholars here. That's the real point. So he says, it says in the Pasuk, Moshe took his tent and he placed it um, outside, outside of the tent. This is after, uh, after the Chet uh, Ego. And he, and he he moved his he moved his, his camp is is all outside and anyone who the pasuk says anyone who would seek Hashem would go outside the all mode that's what the pasuk says so now we see that those who went to speak to Moshe are called Darshe Hashem which is a beautiful beautiful you know title Darish of Hashem someone who's seeking Hashem will go outside the camp so I load from Kavachomer we can make a Kavachomer ma ma. Moshe's camp was with the Aaron, right? It was right where the Machmashkina was. So if all there was was 12 mil, that was the entire size of the Jewish camp. It's not such a great area. People who, who, who walk 12 mil. Anyone who was seeking Hashem would leave to the Olmoed. So we see that walking 12 mil to go seek Torah is called a Mavake Shashem. So the way of Torah scholars who go from city to city, Medina Lamina, province to province, Lomo Torah, and their entire objective is thus to learn Torah, Allah has Kama Vakama, then all the more certain that they are called Mavakshi Hashem. We see where these rabbis who have come all the way to Yavna to come and learn Torah, they are certainly considered under the category of Mavakshi Hashem. And Ravida was kind of changing the conversation to respect the Tamid Chacham and we were there a little bit more. Now we continue with more drushes about those psukim. So now it's not there. We're looking, um, we're looking, yeah, this is a few psukim later. It says, V'diba Hashem Moshe panim al panim. Hashem will speak to Moshe face to face. So, Amr lo, Amr v'zuchum lo, kodesh parakul Moshe. Moshe, ani v'ata, you and I, na'az v'ir panim b'halacha, will show each other face in halacha. So this is a fascinating concept that, uh, that, that, that Hashem showed a nice face to Moshe and Moshe showed a nice face to Hashem. And it says, if there was this teamwork, so to speak, in the, and the relationship between Moshe and HaKadosh Baruch Hu of a nice face that made the process good. So what is this all about? So obviously very difficult ideas, but the Marshal explains that um, a nice face means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, obviously as a Rebbe, from his perspective, had to, had to be patient and kind to Moshe in order to make, make sure that Moshe understood everything. And that Moshe with the kind face means that Moshe came with the proper enthusiasm, uh, the proper attitude uh, to learn Torah. And that was Panim Al Panim, face to face. That was the way that they communicated. That was the way that the, the Torah was transmitted. In the same way I was kind and patient with you, teaching you the Torah, so too you should be patient with the Jewish people. And what does that mean, be patient with the Jewish people? That tent that you moved out of the camp. Why did Moshe move the tent out of the camp? Because the Jewish people had sinned. They had done the Chateigo. Hashem says to Moshe, you take your camp, you take your little Ola, and you bring it back into the sinners, you bring it back into the camp. You have to be patient with them, be benevolent to them. The same way I've been patient with you, and that's really what we're what we're picking up on. What we're picking up on is an awkward phrase in the pasuk. It says Hashem spoke to Moshe upon him, upon him, and then it says Vishov el and Moshe returned to the camp. and Yeshua was always there. So we're expanding upon this. So Vishov el Machne, Amar Everyone's going to say, God is angry at the Jews. The Rebbe is angry at the Jews. What's going to be with the Jews? No one likes them anymore. So in order that people don't do that, it's important that you at least go return the, o, the OL to the camp. If you return 
the tent into the camp, good. But if you don't, the threat is Yeshua ben Nun tamidcha mishari That don't worry, Moshe, you're replaceable. Yeshua ben Nun, who's your loyal servant, he can always be the rebbe. So if you don't do this, Yeshua ben Nun will be the next leader. Even though Moshe listened to Hakadosh Baruch and he brought the oil back into the camp. But once something was said from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it didn't go for a complete way. That's the connection. And that was the future leader. Moshe Rabbeinu's children did not take over. They were not his future, the future leaders of Klai Yisrael. It was rather um, Yehoshua, as we learned later on in Parshish Pinchas, that was a source of struggle for Moshe Rabbeinu, that his children weren't, in, weren't the next leaders, and that it was Yehoshua. And the reason was it came from there. Hashem threatened that Moshe. And every threat, even when it doesn't come fulfilled, because Moshe listened, but some uh, glimpse of it still comes true. Says the Gemara of Aod, Pasak Rabbi Shua Bakavad Torah. So Rabbi Yudha started speaking about the Tamidei Chachamim. Now he speaks about the covenant of Torah itself. The Darash expounded a Pasuk. So this is all the way at the end, the Parshish Kisavavav. It says in the Pasuk, Haskes Ushma Yisrael. So Haskes, I guess, literally means like to, to listen. Ayom Azen Yisrael Today you are becoming a people. So, I mean, are we saying Shema Yisrael and becoming a people on that day? It was after 40 years in the desert. They've already gotten the Torah years before. But the Pasuk is coming to teach you that the Torah is chaviv, is beloved to those who learn it every single day as if it is fresh. There's always new things to learn. There's always new novelty. And it's as if there's that day itself, there's a new fresh Matan Torah. <coughs> Says the Gemara, so this is all about why Judaism values consistency so much. So it says, Teda, I'll prove to you this theme that we're always constantly getting the Torah again. Right? A person's always, uh, I'm sorry, a person is always reading Shema in the morning and night. If there's just one night, he misses Shema, and it's like he's never read Shema. That's the idea. It's, it's a, a person needs this constant uh, acceptance by Kaddish Baruch Hu. So even if it's just he misses one time, he's missing the connection in that moment. Says the Pasuk, Haskes. So now we're analyzing that word Haskes. Haskes is a difficult word. Again, the simple shot is it means to listen. But we're expounding upon it. It's a contraction of Haskes. Also, Kitos, Kitos, Fasko, Torah. Make groups to study the Torah. Meaning, don't study Torah as an individual, but study it in, in a group. Lafisha in a Torah, nicknames, Allah The only way to really acquire Torah is through a group. There is a sword on the Badim who are foolish. So, there is a sword that is placed on the haters of Tamid Chachamim. So, that's a backwards. Really, it means there's a sword on the Tamid Chachamim, just we don't want to like say such a thing outright, so we say it backwards. There's a sword on the haters of Tamid Chachamim. They sit individually. Al-Abad means like individuals. When they don't study Torah then there's a sword upon them, meaning it's a dangerous thing. They become foolish. It's also considered a sin. So we association between the word no alnu and sin. So we say that the David Chacham here, where the pasuk says no no alim, where there are no alnu, that also means that they are that they are sin. So that's a reference where you see no alnu going with um, sin. Continues the Gemara another interpretation of Haskes. Davar Acher Haskes Ushma Yisrael. Grind, literally, like grind yourselves over the words of Torah. The Torah can only really be fulfilled in a person 
who kills himself over it. This is the Torah, and then this is from the Pasuk and Pasuk Lukas. This is the Torah, a person who will die in the tent. So the simple shout in the Pasuk is beginning the laws of Tum and Tahara. These are the laws. Kama, if a person will die in a tent, so on and so forth, these were the laws of Tumah. But we're expounding them, a person who dies in the tent, that is Torah. He dies in the tent means there's a part of his self that dies within the tent of Torah that he, um, he, he, he exhibits tremendous, tremendous effort and toil in his studies. Tabar Acher, another shot, Haskis Vishma Yisrael. Has v'acharkes v'acharkach kases. So what does that mean? That first listen and then grind up. So there's two uh, different points of Torah study. There's, there's knowledge, person learns a lot of different things and he acquires the knowledge and then the analysis that a person puts his own his own creativity in to understand it on a deeper level so the, the advice here is that don't analyze before you really know a lot the first thing is listen don't put in that much of your own creativity listen know a lot at that point then the then it comes into to the, to the grinding to the to, to the analysis because the rubber is like rubber said I'm a rubber should always be study first then analysis Continues the Gemara. Amit Rabbi Yanah. What is the meaning of the pasuk? Mitzvah love yotzi chama. The the one who squeezes the milk comes out butter. Mitzvah yotzi down. The one who squeezes anger comes out blood. Mitzvah paim yotzi yotzi rib. So we'll see what what this means. For me, atamotzei chama shol Torah. With who can you find the butter of the Torah, like the fat of the Torah, like the really good part? For me, shemeki chalav. What does it mean with the one who is who, who is taking the milk and squeezing the milk? Shem yonak mishidei imo. He is first nursed from the breast of his mother. I'm sorry. So that means this thing. That first he's nursing from the Torah. So he's got a lot of the milk in him. And then he's doing the squeeze and he's able to produce the butter and have that tremendous fat from the milk. So that's exactly the lesson that we were just learning. To have a lot of Torah mass and only then to squeeze. The one who squeezes anger produces blood. Let's say somebody's Rebbe gets mad at them one time. But instead of, you know, taking it personally and not coming back and studying Torah, the person is just silent and he bears it and he keeps on going. He squeeze that squeezing and he'll produce blood. He'll produce blood means he'll know all the laws of Hilchos Nida very well. The Torah blood, the Torah blood, he'll know it all very well. Meaning it's like a segula to know a lot of Torah if you're able to withstand some pain even within the experience of learning Torah. That's the thing, people take it out on the Torah. So saying, don't take it out on the Torah. If you withstand it and you still go and continue, push forward, you'll end up annoying a lot. It happens again. The Rebbe gets mad a second time, but he still bears it. So Yotzi Riv means he'll produce an argument. So what does it mean, an argument? An argument means the laws of dispute. The laws of dispute are all the laws of, you know, Nizikin, all the laws when people have monetary dispute, the person will become a big expert in those laws. So the first level is that he'll become an expert in the laws of Hilchus Nida, and the second expert, the second thing is that he'll learn to become an expert in the laws of Nizikin. It's not Rabbi a person who really wants to get smart, Yasuk with Dini Mamunus, he should learn Chush and Mishpat. Shein Lacham Mixova, Toriyos from Yen, Shein Kimayan Novea. There is no greater Mixova in Torah than Ezekin. Those Bamusil, Babakama, Bababasra, those three Mesechtos are, are the biggest, the most strongest, the greatest Mixova of Torah. Amr Avshulam Bar Nachmini, Majestiv, Inovat Vistasiv, and Zemos Yad Lapeh. What is the meaning of that Pasuk? Basically, the, the Pasuk is saying 
that uh, if you open your mouth, you'll come, you'll come great. But if you close your mouth, then eventually, but if you don't, if you put a muscle over your mouth, eventually you'll put a hand over your mouth. So what does that mean? Someone who is not embarrassed and he asks a lot of questions. When he doesn't understand something, eventually he'll know a lot and he'll become great, he'll become a leader. But if he muzzles his mouth, then he'll be putting his hand over his mouth a lot, meaning he'll be saying, I don't know a lot. Continues the Gemara about what some other people said in Karen Biafna. This is funny. They started talking about how good it was the people who were hosting Tamid Chachamim. Rabbi Yehuda interjects and says, no, we got to talk about the Tamid Chachamim in Torah. Now the next speaker goes back to talking about the people who are hosting the Tamid Chachamim. Pasak, Rabbi Nechemi, Chavod Asanya. Rabbi Nechemi starts talking about the, 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 the generosity of the hosts in Yafna Bitarash. Ma'adi Sif, Ayoma Sholul HaKini. Shul says to the Kenites, so Shaul saves the Canaanites. Shaul is very compassionate to the Canaanites. So why? What, what are they so special? It's all because they descend from Yisra. Yisra was only good to Moshe. Why was he coming close to Moshe? For his own covenant. Moshe became so great that everybody wants a piece of, a piece of the pie, right? Now everyone wants something to do with it. So and still the Canaanites are being repaid that Shoal is going, his mercy is going to them because of their connection to how Yisro came to Moshe. Someone who is a host of Tamachacham in his own house, or Machilo, he gives him food, Mashkeo and drink, and he gives him uh, pleasure from his from, from his assets, all the more certain that there will be great reward for them. So this is what Rabbi Rahami was saying, how nice it was for the people of Yavna, the local people of Yavna, to take the Tamid Chachamim now into their city. Pasach Rabbi Yosi Bechor Asanya. Rabbi Yosi continues talking about the cover of the Asanya Bedarash. Lo sesai v'adomi k'yachiguhu. Right? Don't hate the, the Adomi because he's really your brother. Lo sesai v'mitzri. You can't, you can't be mean to the Mitzrim. Ki gera yisa ba'arto. Because after all, Mitzrayim gave us hospitality. So al-adoram k'avachom ma Mitzrayim shalu k'eris Yisrael al-adzorach atzman. Why, why, why were, they, were they nice? They let in the shvat and back, back in the, the end of the Sefer Barashas. Why, why? For their own good. Said if you have any strong warriors, then they can, you know, they can be, they can watch over my flock. So they were nice to the Shvatim, let them into Mitzrayim. Why? For their own good. And still we see that the Torah is saying that we have to be nice to Mitzrayim forever because they showed us hospitality. So someone who is who houses the Tamachacham in his house, Machilo. And he gives him food, and drink, and he pleasures him from his, from his assets. All the more certain that, um, that there will be great, great reward that will be paid back for them. Okay, one more. He then spoke about the great reward for the people housing the Muhammad. So, this is a story. After Shiloh was destroyed, right, the Aaron was taken battle by the Plishtim. So it was taken back. So the question was, where do we take it? Uzzah had just died. Uzzah had touched the Aaron. So no one really wanted to pizza, anything to do with this Aaron. It was very scary to have the Aaron. But there was one person, one Sadiq, over the Edom who took it in. And he was greatly blessed by the fact that the Aaron was, was housed in his home. So the Aaron was like, Aaron. What does the Aaron do already? Shlo Achal didn't eat, Bishasa didn't drink. He gathered dust in his house. It wasn't used. There's nothing to use the Aaron. You still see that it gave him such blessing in his home. Someone who um, is, is, is a host who gives him food and drink. And he gives him pleasure from his assets. From his assets, all the more certain um, that we will have such a thing. What was the great bracha that befell this person? What was the great bracha of Avod? It was his daughter-in-law. It was, it was his 
He was his wife, Chamos, and his eight daughters-in-law, who all started giving birth at one shot to six children at a shot. He had 62. So if you have, so, 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 so that means that he had eight, the eight times six, six times, that makes sense here. Right, and then plus his wife. No, I'm sorry. We've got eight, right? Rashi explains. There were eight, and then she was the ninth. So each one gave birth to six. So that's 54. And then, there were, oh, that's what it is. That's, a, I got a total five. So that's a total of 54. And he had eight sons. Ah, his eight ah. sons in addition. So 54 plus eight equals 62. That's how we see that that was the bracha that was fulfilled. Wow.